Bay. Hey, everybody. It's Jasmine Ellis. Welcome to another episode of Rhythm and Bay, or maybe the first episode. I don't know how this is going to play out. As always, I'm your hostess with the absolute mostness, Jasmine Mostness, whatever. Okay. I'm Jasmine. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited for you guys to be a part of this podcast. This is one of my favorite people in the world on the show today. He is one half of the amazing comedy rap duo Vanilla Presley. He's a fantastic stand-up comedian, uh, currently based in Austin, Texas, but from everywhere. Give it up for Patrick <laughs> Soroy. Hey, how y'all doing? What's going on, Jasmine? Good to talk to you today. Good to talk to you. How have you been? How are you holding up in... Uh, what is this? The million month? Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's month. It's month nine hundred ninety four thousand and three, and I'm doing pretty good. Now I am. Um, I'm starting to go through different phases. Like when this first started out, I had just got off tour, and I was expecting to go back out on tour, and I was supposed to only be in Austin for six months or for six weeks, and I was like, oh, I was going to be back, and I was talking to somebody, and they were like you're not going to, you don't think you're going back out on the road, do you? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, have you not been watching the news? And I was like, no, that's all, that's all fake. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's not, that's not going to fruition anything real. And then, uh, you know, it started out and I was working construction for a while. And then that uh, bit the dust because the guy ran the company into the ground. So now I'm just uh, back in the service industry doing my thing, doing some shows. I've done one show since all this has happened. Uh, and that's, I, I, that was actually an actual show. And then I did one Twitch show. And one show in a drive-in movie theater. So it's been a pretty bleak uh, quarantine. <laughs> yeah, the drive-in movie theater was like, God bless, my homeboy puts it together, but like, uh, they they used to do like honking instead of laughing. And then like, I guess the week before I, rec- I, I performed, they they decided that honking was too uh, invasive or whatever, too, too loud for the neighbors. So they, they switched to flicking their lights and it... <laughs> If you get offered to do one of these things, if you just want some stage time, go ahead. But like, I would say, do not do it. It's the most, it's the most awkward experience. A bunch of cars staring at you, and you can hear like the clicking of like the handle from inside the vehicle because so many of them are doing it, and it's a really weird thing. So. Oh my goodness, that is so strange. I haven't done any of the drive-through shows. I did have an incident where I was supposed to be headlining one, and then, by the way. It's so, I feel like so much of my life has changed in reaction to the George Floyd killing, which is just a strange thing to say. Like, like me personally, I was so personally affected by George Floyd. I mean, who am I, George Floyd? No, but it's not what I'm saying, but like, (laughs) it's been so strange because everything is like, it's like all of these white people are in this scramble to do things for black people, but they're not thinking them through thoroughly. So I was supposed to headline a show. And I'm not going to name names, but this person was booking it. And then they they advertised it as this Juneteenth Black Pride show. And then the owner of the drive-thru started panicking. It was like, I don't want to incite any violence. And I was like, do you not even know what Juneteenth is? Yeah. Do you know it's been happening for every year with no violence? Like, it's not a, that's insane. Yeah, like, that's insane. It's chill as fuck. (laughs) It's a really good time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a part, yeah. The 4th of July, better barbecue. Think of like that. (laughs) So I ended up not doing that one. And that was the only one I've been offered. And then uh, I've been doing a lot of Zoom shows. Like, I cannot believe you just... Just downloaded Zoom for this. How did you? How? How? <laughs> um, I, I downloaded Meetup at one point, our house party or some shit like that. So I mean, I downloaded some other stuff, but like I had, I had, I had gotten out of Zoom because I am about the farthest from a professional uh, in any capacity. <laughs> like I have lines of income, none of them require uh, working from home. So <laughs> that is so. so yeah, I, I just, I just dodged that bullet. It was, 
it was kind of weird, man. Like I did like the, I did like the blue collar quarantine. Like I was, I started working construction and like, that was fun. It was cool. I lost some weight. I got some, I got some good color. It was over the summer. Was very happy with it. Would have loved to keep doing it. But like, yeah, I was only like in the house in the house quarantine for like two months. And then like this dude was like, Hey, you want to be a carpenter? And so I was out on a construction site every day um, with a bunch of guys that hated wearing masks and we refused to eat at lunch at several places because of mask rules. That was fun. Oh <laughs> yeah, it was, Have uh, any it of was, them died of COVID yet? I'm not wishing no, that. No, but one, one of them got COVID and that was the start of the downfall of the company was uh, I got a call one day. He'd gone out of town for 4th of July weekend and then he just like started getting symptomatic and he called me and he was like, bro, which nobody knows this guy. That's exactly how he said. He was like, bro, man. He was like, dude, I got like, I got the COVID dude. He's like, and I called the homeowners. We were building an addition to a house. He's like, I called them and said, we'd all wear masks. And they were like, please don't come to our house. I was like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> no shit this nice family in Round Rock, Texas didn't want your coffin ass showing up, especially because he had straight up lied to him because he had like, we go to, we gone to look at the house one day and he had the mask off and the lady was like, Oh, Oh, you're uh, not doing your mask. And he goes, Oh no, it's cool. Me and my wife got it in February. We're good. And it was like, obviously either a, that was a lie or B, you know, that doesn't mean anything is, Hey, you got it again. And so that was like where, the start of it. Where do people get this idea that you couldn't get it more than once? Like that was some, I, I, there's no, and the funny thing is I, I haven't know. seen that anywhere, but on people's Facebooks. Like I can't even yeah, find yeah. the unreliable Republican post that said you could get it. You yeah. could only get it once, but it's just this thing Man. that you believe like it's chicken pox. This shit's yeah. brand new. <laughs> Yeah, I was the only like lefty in the truck. Like everybody, it was a construction job. Like the two guys that I worked with were like, you know, pretty like right wing, and um and like they're, they're just, it was just the worst time to be in that truck. I remember they were over here like saying like, dude, we just need to open back up, man, and like get things. And I I gave like the most impassioned speech I've ever given in a in a work truck. I was like, look, man, I was like. We just need to stick to the quarantine. Just do it the right way. It's gonna hurt. We need to do it the right way and ride it out and let this shit actually get fixed instead of just rushing back into things, taking the shortcuts. I was like, because I've been taking shortcuts my whole life. And where am I? I'm in the back of a fucking van working carpentry during a pandemic. <laughs> like, As you like, can like, see, I failed because yeah, I have the same yeah, job yeah. as you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, like I'm not. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm like, I'm just catching hours. Like you're, you're, you're the one with like the, the bank account. But like, yeah, it was insane. I was like, dude. Like, like, no, we just need to do it the right way. And um, for what it's worth, that guy, uh, due to all the work he lost from like not being able to go on job sites because he was uh, had COVID, um, plus this just horrible financial management. Uh, that company no longer exists anymore, and he still owes me two hundred dollars. So, <laughs> so Ryan, if you're listening, I, yeah, it's been three months, dude. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> god damn, god damn, what a time. Yeah. Well, I think what it's so time. funny. Oh, um, I'm just so glad everybody's okay. But I got, I it's so funny. We haven't even talked about music at all. But God, if not our, yet. <laughs> if our dumbass president had it so confidently told people this was a hoax, I mean, because like, yeah. If it were anybody but Donald Trump, if I said out loud, the president of the United States says that this disease is not real, like it, it, it does halfway make sense. It halfway yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah. that that you believe the president should be the most intelligent person in the land. Who knows? Yeah, but yeah, man, yeah, yeah. Like, no. <laughs> like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or at least have access to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and he did, he did have access and, and it just didn't mean anything. And that. That was another fun thing about working with these guys over the summer. Like every day I had to like, I'd hop in the truck one day and they'd be like, 
they uh, they turn around like from the front seat, like like bro, did you hear? COVID definitely man-made, dude. There's a protein spike on that thing that like you just don't see that in normal viruses. I was like, oh, I forgot I was working with a fucking virologist and a carpenter. <laughs> like, it was so funny. Too. Oh my god, I don't even know what we're gonna do with this this conversation right now. I don't even think I'm gonna include it, but it's just I have to talk to you about this because it's so funny. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, it's man-made. It was made in China. It was made for this. Okay, but 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 all of that aside, it's real. That's like being like if someone puts a gun to your head and you're like, okay. But is this a regular gun? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay, Bro, is, was this gun yeah. created by the Democrats to control me? Like, it's still a fucking gun. <laughs> yeah. Bro, I've been reading about this gun. I wrote some pretty crazy things on 4chan about this gun thing, dude. Like, yes. I heard no matter how you die, if a different gun kills you, they still say it's this gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, they're over here saying it's M16 deaths when, like, this guy clearly died from a 9mm to the face. It's like, who cares, dude? Like, just... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, well, one That's good thing fun. that we can always depend on, quarantine or quarantine, is music. And um, yes, that yes. is something, it's kind of funny. I think of myself as a wannabe R&B diva. Um, I, I just feel like I was born with the face for it, the body for it, not the voice. And so yeah. I'm going to tell the jokes <laughs> and just love R&B and hip hop and uh, music. And I love talking about yeah. music. And one of the things I want to start each episode with is a off the record. And what that is, is I'm going to tell you a little bit of his history about music. Now, um, the okay. podcast is called Rhythm and Bay, but it's not just about R&B. It's about, it's really more about music and love. So yeah. I'm going to start with a recent um, story. It's, it's funny, this isn't recent. The song's very old. It's been around forever. But recently, the children of TikTok just discovered this. So I think you kind of know which one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, the, the, uh, the, the Fleetwood Mac joint. Yes, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. thanks to the the Southern California Latino man skateboarding, um, everyone <laughs> drinking his cranberry, uh, his cranberry yeah. juice. You know, the um, Ocean Spray gave him a truck for that. Oh, that's tight, man. Yeah, get it. Like, dude, I I know he has a mural in East Austin already. Because I was I was like I was walking out the other day and I just looked over and it was like half of completed, but you could tell what they were making. It was the skateboard dude drinking the fucking. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. Like, I think <clears throat> everyone's attention span for art has gotten so short that like now are we really gonna have murals that are like the latest TikTok yeah, joke? Yeah, like, yeah, are they gonna paint over that in a month when a cat falls in a box? Like, what? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're just gonna see like like, a, like an East Austin mural. It's like the cat ride the Roomba. Just like, 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 I mean, like, at that point, just project yeah. some shit. Just keep a white yeah. white wall and just project yeah, yeah. people's emojis up there. Like, yeah, short attention. I want to see it as long as they deify him, like 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 Aztec paintings and shit, where they're just like it's like the cat of the Roomba, but he's just like super ripped <laughs> and he's just like riding the Roomba like out of a mountain cliff. <laughs> My <laughs> only thing that gives me like the the jeepers about that is it's always like whenever minorities do funny, clever, interesting shit, it doesn't take long. For like white people, oh, yeah, with a yeah. Etsy account to start making money, like oh man, that's that's a hundred percent. Like that dude's like, I bet you they're gonna you're gonna see some place that's doing like non trademarked like images of that guy, like in, in ways that it's like oh well for likeness rights, like we just used color representation, but you can still see it's that guy yes! on the fucking. And he's not gonna make a dime yeah. off of it. Like that's why I'm like, yeah, give him whatever he wants, but like it's you know, ugh. yeah. I was well, I like, the weak. The week that WAP came out, I was like, how much you want to bet 
There is a <laughs> there is an apron that says there's some ho ho hoes in this house. And I look. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Christmas bitches move fast. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were plotting that in fucking July. They were just like, yo, let's make this move. Um fucking, I, well, that was like the same thing I saw was uh um Oh, or just like the, the word bling, like B, B, BG from the the the, the uh, Hot Boys said that. Like, just made the word up because he was just like, "This is how I thought jewelry sounded when it looked like he was like synesthetic or something." Like, and he made that that word up. And so many denim hats at truck stops in red counties have hats that just say bling on them in sequence. And grandmas know what it means, and everybody knows that word means, and it gets used everywhere. It's in the dictionary, and that was a recovering heroin addict who turned into a rap star from New Orleans who made that shit up. And obviously he got money for the song, but he is not getting money every time that word gets printed. Oh, you just for print sure. It. I mean, <laughs> yeah, bling yeah. has become, it's funny because bling is like officially, if you, I think if you look it up in the dictionary, what it, it's like the definition of bling now is essentially anything other than diamonds that's shiny. So you can be like, oh, yeah, I want yeah, a necklace. Yeah. Uh, do you want a gold one or do you want the gold with bling? And the thing yeah, is, yeah, yeah. you mean with cheap rhinestone shit in it? No, 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 bling. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I remember um, at the height of that, of like, or no, actually, it, was, it came after the song, but we started getting like the, um, the like I, I grew up in Colleen, Texas, and we started getting like the the jewelry counters in the mall where it's like. Then I started working in the pawn shops, and I realized it's all fake. But like, it's like these like very very nice Pakistani and Israeli gentlemen, like which you like working behind it when you walk by, like, hey, you buy bling bling now, buddy, and they just yell bling bling at you as you walked by, and you're like, no thanks, like, hey, bling bling, and you're like, oh, thank, did I want thank- a Nicki Minaj Barbie chain? Oh, oh, I yeah. want, oh, I wanted that big ass when she first came out and she had like the, the black bang with the pink at the end. Yeah, but I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, 2009, you couldn't tell me shit. Um, <laughs> so let me kind of share the official facts of the history of the song Dreams. And like, you know, you okay. can uh, interject here and there if you have any thoughts certainly, about it. Certainly, certainly. Okay, so... Uh, so here's the thing is Dreams is one of the best hit songs on the album Rumors, which is considered a masterful collection, elevating the, Jesus, I'm trying to talk. (laughs) Okay. Um, at the time that Fleetwood Mac began working on, on Rumors, uh, professionally, they were on top. But personally, things were falling apart. Rock and roll soap operas don't get more dramatic than the months spent at close quarters recording and mixing rumors. When the five gathered near San Francisco to begin recording, all members were in the midst of an emotional maelstrom. Nick's and then longtime lover and musical partner Buckingham had also recently called it quits. Opposite to the McVees, there were reported shouting matches between the American exes, which only ceased when the recording light was turned on. So they would literally be in the booth just screaming at each other. Just before recording <laughs> began, Fleetwood had became aware of his wife and mother, their two children was having an affair with a close friend and divorce would soon follow. If the intrabond relationship wasn't already convoluted, Fleetwood and Nicks would embark on a short-lived affair by the year's end. So this is like, literally, they were just moving around partners like square dancers. Like everyone yeah. was in different relationships with one another. And there's multiple uh, songs on rumors that are on different parts of what was going on with them. Um, are you familiar with the song Go Your Own Way? Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. love it. Go, go your, own, your road way. It's, just, yeah. it's uh, so in your face. Like, you can fucking leave, basically. For yeah. <laughs> it was an album. Of, I, think it was, I think it was John Oliver's that it. it was an album made by and for people cheating on each other. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. And I just love, I'm reading, and where I'm getting my sources from, and I'll reveal that at the end of the story as well, but um, is uh, americansongwriter.com and Rolling Stone. And they've got quotes from the biography from there. And uh, it says here, you felt so bad about what was happening that you did a line to cheer yourself up, said Nix in 2012. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) And there was the California Fleetwood Mac. They were the pot-smoking hippies with Lindsay and Stevie, and then the cocaine entered the picture. So it was booze versus pot, really, with a little cocaine cocktail. Uh, cocaine was used so rampantly that the band even considered thanking their dealer on the album credits. But such recognition <laughs> never came to <laughs> I was in a band. I was in a heavy metal band for like four years back when I was younger. And uh, and we thanked our weed man in our liner notes. Shout did out you really? Poop. Did you use his first and last name? <laughs> no, no. We just went by his, his name. Poop. his name was poot so we just shut poot he's my mom's across the street neighbor and uh and yeah so yeah yeah i i just said it happens yeah okay well you know what i think it's good to recognize the people who help get you where you need to go like you know what i mean yeah people like People thank their glam squads for doing their hair and makeup. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, as far as the music industry goes, drug dealers are working class. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to think, like, drug dealers are like the guy running your lights and, you know, getting your makeup. Like, you got to be like, hey, man, also thank you to all the, 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 the people who kept us high during this whole process. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> now, here's the fun part, though, is they didn't get to thank him, not because they decided not to, but because he died. <laughs> Oh, no. Uh, unfortunately, Damn. he got snuffed, executed, before the thing came out. Yeah. Fleetwood wrote in his 1990 memoir, Fleetwood, My Life and Adventures in Fleetwood Mac. By the way, before recently reading into this, I didn't realize Fleetwood was one person. Like, I just thought it was, like, oh, yeah. Stevie Nicks and them. Like, I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> in my yeah, defense, I was, uh... in my defense, I didn't really know about Fleetwood Mac until I was, like, watching Glee. And they did an episode yeah. about rumors, and I was like, oh, the drama. Yeah, yeah there's, like, I, I've said this before on Twitter, and, like, uh, there's vast swaths of white musical culture that I'm totally undereducated on. And, like, it's just because where I grew up at, like, there was, like, white, like, there was white people, but they listened to, like, kind of the embarrassing white person shit, like, like, new metal and country, you know what I'm saying? Like, they listen to, like, they listen to, like, Korn and, like, fucking, like, I don't know, Travis Tritt or, like, you know, like, Alan Jackson. You don't and, consider Korn uh, embarrassing. I don't know, that's, no, I do consider embarrassing. They listen to, like, the, like, the stuff that there was, like, less, there was a lot of heavy metal and a lot of shitty country where I yeah, came from. Yeah, okay. And, like, and so, like, it, like there's, like, certain, like, stuff that's a little more, like, seasoned and a little more, like, arti- with a little more artistic value that just didn't get bumped. It was, like, I listened to, like, rap music with my friends, and then, like, our, like, older people listened to, like, fucking, like, you know, Frank Zappa or, like, Alan Jackson. And that was, like, <laughs> that was it. And then I, I, like le- I left... Want- most people have that gap where like their musical influences are like first dictated by their parents because your parents decide what you listen yeah. to. And then when you <laughs> yeah. get older, you listen to whatever's popular. And so you miss out on this kind of middle ground of like what adults who weren't your parents were listening to. Very, yeah, of course. And my parents, it was odd. Like my parents were, uh, they had that white genetic mutation where they could dance that I did not inherit. And so like, <laughs> they listened to like, they listened to like a lot of earth, wind and fire and like a lot of like, um, fucking like the Commodores. And my dad loves super tramp and just like, like Elton John and shit. You can more dance to, they were into. And, um, so yeah, there's just like a lot of like, they didn't, they didn't fuck with, uh, with Fleetwood Mac. Like it just wasn't coming out of the, st- the stereo. And it's like, I had to get older and discover a lot of stuff like, like older stuff like Fleetwood Mac or just stuff that like, 
like white dudes who like didn't wear Jordans listen to, which I wasn't familiar with. And I was like, where I was like, oh, Bell and Sebastian. Like, I still don't know what like Arctic Monkeys is. I know it exists. And I think I know enough about it to reference it in a joke and get away with it. But I have zero fucking clue what they sound like. (laughs) I, as a Pisces, as a water sign, I'm very mutable. And in my earlier days, I used to really like, if the guy I liked liked this, I liked this. Like, I was like, oh my God. If like, I remember I dated this dude who was into like Ben Fold so I was into Ben Fold and like yeah. I just, so like I went through like an Arctic Monkeys phase and my musical tastes are all over the place because of that yeah. and it's just so funny uh man when you want to impress people you're like you know what there's not enough eyeliner in the world I'll do it for you <laughs> um but that's actually why I chose Fleetwood Mac today because I figured that wasn't really your wheelhouse. Like I didn't think that was gonna be something yeah, that you would yeah. put on the songs of your life. So I figured it'd be yeah. like <laughs> pretty out yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, for our listeners who different. maybe aren't too familiar with the song, I just want to share uh, seven seconds worth of lyrics because that's where you don't yeah. get sued. Um, seven legally it amicable It's a seconds. great song, and you can really hear the heartache in it. Now, what I love about Dreams is the shit bumps. Like the baseline on it is solid, and I'm shocked that like a Kanye hasn't sampled and destroyed it yet. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> five years ago, I would have never, never said anything so negative about Kanye, but he like almost destroyed our country. So I just- yeah. He he's one of those dudes like even before all this shit like I I love the guy I have a person I'm actually gonna bring him up in the personal connection uh, song uh, or the, and then when we talk about songs but like uh, I was very on board with him. He's one of those few artists, though, that just the shit they do, like, in their personal life, just, like, eclipse, like, my, like, I, I can't listen to his music without thinking how much he's annoyed me on Twitter. <laughs> so, yeah, you know like, what's funny? And this is yeah. so fucked up, but you just made me realize something here. Okay, like, I have a very complicated relationship with Michael Jackson because I yeah. love Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up on it. I love it, but he did bad yeah. shit. But I will yeah, say yeah. this... <laughs> I never had a constant stream of his opinions and thoughts to make me irritated with him. It is is easier to separate the art from the artist when it's like some shit like like child molestation because you're like, I know, but none of these songs are about that. You know what I mean? Like like Kanye's opinions are on his shit. So I'm like, oh, geez. (laughs) It is is funny. Like the comedians, the the artists who have done it for me are – uh, whose, whose personal life has maybe been like, yeah, hey, fuck out of here musically or artistically has been like people who, whose are it's, it's comics and rappers. Yeah. People whose art like requires them to just talk at length and sometimes maybe say things before they've really thought them out, you know? Like, yeah. It's, that's yeah. the difference between uh, like, you know, the more melodic arts, you know, R&B, pop, where they're singing with singing. It's like this person, yeah. you can hate them all you want, but their voice is beautiful. But with rappers, rappers and comedians are a lot of like, you know that because you're both a rapper yeah. and a comedian. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's punchlines, it's bars, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, you got to think of what you're saying. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, sometimes you're just going and like, you know, like we, like, like, as Vanilla Presley, we end every every show with a freestyle session where we take like suggestions from the audience and we freestyle off them. And like, if you're just pulling words out the back of your head, like like who knows what what you might yell out and then be like, hey. like it's you you got to go that you know most rap songs are 120 beats a minute. You got to keep up. <laughs> so you just got to keep spitting shit out. And who knows, you might plumb a weird part of your brain one day and just like, and you're like oh wait a minute, my bad, dog. <laughs> oh no, what part of my childhood trauma was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Awesome. So that's going to wrap it up for Fleetwood Mac. Um, uh, but yeah, guys, check out Dreams. It's going to be on the accompanying playlist um, along with some of Patrick's favorite songs. So speaking of which, so if someone asked you, what type five songs, what five musical okay. moments or songs defined your life thus far? Um, the whole of it, the the growing a beard, the building houses, the doing jokes, and not doing <laughs> jokes. Uh, that's okay. The, that's the extent of what I know about you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Like, I, I love comedy to death because you can have someone who, like, I'm like, oh yeah, Jasmine, that's my homegirl, and like, yeah, like it, we have about five details that we know about each other. <laughs> but no, I'm just but like, like, yeah, yeah. And that's the funny thing. I know, like, your strong opinions. I know your feelings about things. But then, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the actual, like, if I yeah. had to, like, be a character witness for you, I'd be like, I mean... <laughs> I'd say he would suck a robot's dick. It's one of his better jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. I think about it every time I see a bait. I'm like... <laughs> Oh man, they, dude, I, I, I've had a, yeah, as one of the jokes I've gotten feedback from like people who follow me on social media, like from my tour, they'll like just hit me up out of nowhere, like, oh, I'm sucking a robot's dick. And I'm like, hey, I'm a fan. Isn't that the worst when someone after a show just like repeats something out of context and you're like, what the fuck are you talking? And it'll be like, it'll be oh, 45 yeah, minutes yeah. ago that you made this slightly sexual yeah, reference. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know what they're saying. I had a, I had a, a cougar-esque lady in, in Hartford, Connecticut one time. I used to do a joke where I talked about uh uh like um like talking to a girl and being like uh she's like oh I like a guy that takes risks and I was like well you're gonna love me because I'm at risk of getting heart disease and, uh, <laughs> and this like cougar-esque lady came over with her husband who just looked so disinterested he was like on his phone texting and she's like leaned in and she's like oh I just wanted to say I take risks and I was like whoa <laughs> yeah such a weird a weird profession so. oh god it's funny. I think comedy is little, like, especially back in the, God, I've been talking about live stand-up like it's this relic of my past. Like, I met, remember oh, back man. in the live stand-up days? Yeah, 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 yeah. back like, before the undoing. It makes the audience feel like they've been on a date for you, date with you for like an hour. Yeah. And so they're receiving all of you. And so afterwards, they're very sweet, but a lot of times people are like, my turn, time for you to know yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, especially when you like, when you start playing like smaller towns, when you go on like, you know, as you, as you know, like when you go on the road, road, you like smaller towns where like, sometimes people are just like, oh, thank God, someone else to talk to. I've talked to the same five people for the last five weekends. And they're just like, and they're just like, they glom to you and they, you know, they, they, they want to tell you about how they wanted to try stand up. And they, <laughs> yes, I so, have like so, a handful of like, okay, like when they tell you a joke, I go, you should use that. Like, you know, I always yeah, have like, yeah, these, yeah. These, like, like a call, you know, on a call center, they give you these like responses for what, if someone Yeah, says, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, but yeah, dude, yeah, it's, it's uh, that's so true. Like, you hear like, like if you just like can play like a, a super cut of all the stuff you're saying, like just like every town, you're like, oh, really? Word, that's really cool. You should check that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, they mean uh, well, though. And I miss them, man. Oh, they, no, they really them. do. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, doing podcasting is like, I have, you know, my podcast people will message me referencing stuff that I said, and they might be three or four episodes back. And like, that's some, some shit I said in an hour long conversation, like two months ago. And they'll just be like, they'll hit me up like, yeah, like throw it out the window or whatever the hell I said. I'm just like, I have, I'm sorry. What are you mad at me? What's happening here? <laughs> oh my God. I wish people, like, I wish like the general public had like a uh, audio editing and everyone had to include 
the like the yeah, yeah. clip. <laughs> like they the email right, yeah, you the and they're like, this yeah. is great. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Re the joke you made about throwing something out of a window. And you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So uh, let's talk songs. I love. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to do them? So, I don't know. Did you rank them? How did you? How did you go about this project? I just had I just thought, thought thought of ones that were attached to like just like like large interests or parts of my life that are, are pretty definitive for me. So um, yeah, I wanted to hop in the one that that we had talked about that you had reached out to me. I, I was like lead I was gonna lead with this one um, is the song uh, "Physical" by Olivia Newton John <laughs> and. Go not on. one of my favorite songs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not one of my favorite songs. Not one that I would uh, would you know throw on if handed uh, the the proverbial ox cord. Um, but like, I was the when I first the first time I uh, first time I was I, I lost my virginity to the season two finale of American Idol. <laughs> so like that's where the story starts. So, so wait, it's wait, like wait. what like we didn't go with sorry for 2004 we went with physical no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. well because yeah there's a there's a funny way that, that it ties into this so it's uh tell me more so let's go back it's 2003 uh throwbacks are at the height of their fame um it's my senior year of high school uh what else is happening uh Texas is enthralled by the sounds of Houston rap music. <laughs> uh, George Bush is wrapping up uh, his first term in the office. In office, you know, this, this is the world that we're in, and America is enraptured by the television show American Idol, which is in its second season, and it's come down to the finale of Clay Aiken versus Ruben Studdard, and uh, two men who couldn't look any more different than each other. <laughs> and, a As my dad teddy would bear say, Keebler elf. So just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although I would watch like a buddy cop movie where, like, I don't know, like, like a Brand Stark Hodor kind of deal, <laughs> where it just it's just Ruben Stuttered and fucking Clay Aiken, and they go and save the North. Um, God, didn't Clay yeah, Aiken means- have the least climactic coming out story? Like it was like yeah, the yeah, antithesis yeah, just, yeah, of yeah, Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Like, yep, I'm gay. Yep, we know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet for years he couldn't even start a sentence, like a declarative sentence by saying, I'm, he'd be like, I'm going to be late. He'd be like, I'm, like, we know, Clay, you're gay. <laughs> like, not, no, I was saying, I'm looking for parking. I'll be in in a few moments. <laughs> With me and my wife. Sorry. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm there as I, I started seeing this girl, a uh, girl I ended up dating for like five years. Uh, nice gal. And we're hanging out, and my mom was so such a big fan of the American Idol series that I knew that if it was playing in the house, she was not leaving the seat that she was sitting in for the entire broadcast, like the entire televised broadcast of that show. She wasn't getting up. And so that's like, what, 46 minutes, not including commercials? I only needed about three. <laughs> I knew okay, I didn't need. So you got, you got 20 minutes to convince her. Three to do it. Yeah, yeah. Twenty-five well, it to apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I had my hour strictly broken down where I was like, okay, and then uh, yeah, I had the Kleenex ready for all the tears and the apologies. So I was like, okay, good. No, uh, yeah, we had been like, like I think we had we had been close the day before, 
and uh you know she was just did like the obligatory like we should wait i was like yeah bet we should do that and then, like the, you know the second day like the sign was off the door she was like yeah they're like let's do this so we fucking we had uh my mom watching the 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 American Idol. I kept it on in my room as kind of like a like a like a security camera of sorts. Like I don't know if it went to like a if it went to commercial. Like it was like okay, be on alert. Like she may she may run to the kitchen trying to get get, get some water or something. So like <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So like I saw it there in my room. Like you know, you know doing my thing, and um, we're like uh, at this point what they were doing is they were bringing back all the former artists. That, uh, that that had like gotten kicked off of like of the show, like all the people who had gotten eliminated in the previous weeks, and they all came back and did like a huge musical number. And so they're all out there doing the, you know, their their thing and they're doing these big ensemble pieces. And so it's it started, your boy, your boy's in there, uh, doing my thing for the first time. And I'm like, okay, this, this is it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I but I, I had to like it was in media res. Like I have to explain that. Like this is this is going down, and then like they're just doing some song, and then it just cuts, and then it's just like they just start doing Olivia Newton John's physical, but they they start like mid chorus, so they're you know, it's like they're doing like little bits, and like it's like stops, and it's like let's get physical, physical, and I was just like what, <laughs> and like. And we both just started laughing, which was actually pretty, like, in retrospect, like, I was a little embarrassed, and, like, but it, it turned out to be a sweet moment, and, uh, you know, she stuck around for five years, so God bless her, but, like, <laughs> yeah, so that was, uh, the, so let's get physical, I'll always remember that, just because it was hilarious, and uh, laughing at, at the worst time is pretty uh, apropos for my life story so just like so that just worked out like <laughs> that is actually really sweet do you think if you heard that like at random and like a uh a, a randall's i don't know if you're an h-e-b guy <laughs> yeah, yeah, if, you heard, yeah. if you heard it in a grocery uh, store would it make you smile oh yeah it always does like even when i hear like even when i hear songs from greece because i'll leave newton john was in it i'll be like ah <laughs> but yeah then like i think about like just as, as how everything like went like you know um i think you know ruben stuttered one but clay aiken got the career yeah you know what i'm saying like like yeah which i mean a little fucked up you know what i'm saying like you win the contest but like homeboy got the, you know he got the career and uh i think my mom was was was, was team aiken just because uh he had that gay best friend vibe that she was she was into it that was funny and, that was one of those things that i felt like people were making uh into you know this is pre-obama so it was one of those things where black people were like we need representation and so it was like <laughs> like we need to we need to win some election whether it's fucking american idol or the presidency <laughs> always funny as shit to see where black people rally behind another black person and then where we skip because there was no like the year before black people were weren't like Justin Guarini is our dude. He's gonna put oh, us yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. No, we were like, I like her. She got thick thighs. She's yeah. from Texas. She cute. Like we, <laughs> we just completely neglected that Justin Guarini was just you know this little cute biracial yeah. kid. We're like, nah, the white cast can nah, have him. It, Nobody black is in the top. Yeah. <laughs> Next year, Ruben Sutter, he's our guy. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, he's a big burly dude from Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Like he just. 
Like, you know, I, 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 if, if, if my vote, if, if I was ever hit up by, you know, like the, the, the black people that hit me up, we're like, Hey, we need your vote on something. Pat. I'd be like, thank you. This is long overdue. Also, I agree. Ruben stuttered over Justin Guarini. I would have said that. <laughs> Backing it up just a little bit. So we were talking about yeah, your yeah. second most influential moment musically, which is your relationship yeah. with Paolo Nutini. Tell us more. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Paolo, this is what to say my second most influential. I think it's a nice book into that relationship. Uh, Basically, you know, we was our first rela- first relationship, first like serious, like you know, like a girlfriend we dated for like five years. Um, she eventually went to uh, to go to college, which I never I never got around to doing. <laughs> like we had, we were, we we definitely came from literally and metaphorically the different different sides of the tracks, you know. <laughs> and so she was like, she went off to go to college and then like i stayed back and was living in a fourplex apartment selling weed on northern dove lane in coppers cove texas and you know just was our lives were not shaping up in, in the same kind of uh in the same way and i think that was becoming uh apparent to her and apparent to kind of like you know everybody so we were like all right so like that was what spurred me i to start doing comedy and i moved to connecticut and i i got my start in stand-up and then moved to austin and that was the start of my life but towards the end there I saw this dude, Paul Nutini, and he had a song called Last Request. And it's a song about, like, the one last time y'all, y'all like, you know, hang out, do your thing, like, like the last time together. Oh, and, uh, that's, yeah. that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the, uh, the, the, the lyrics, like, don't grant my last request and just let me hold you. Uh, grant don't my shrug last your shoulders. request, just let me hold yeah, let you. Me. Oh, my yeah, God, I yeah, know what yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. He's yeah, not yeah, Italian, uh, he's Scottish. He, He's a Scott. He's Scottish Italian, which is a that's like a, like its own little community. He's Paul. But what's the name? Paul Paul Nettini, But he's he's a, 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 a Italian parents who grew up in Scotland. He's got a wide mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a very like he's one of those dudes where like if you saw him, you'd be like, huh, I could beat that guy up. And then someone in the back of your head would be like, he would fuck my girlfriend, give like, the first chance. <laughs> like, like, so I, I like, take it, like looking at the timeline of this, is this is around like 2008 when this happens? Yeah, this is exactly 2008, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and so, oh yeah, basically, so I, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, so I remember this song being like a, one of those, there was an interesting period around like 2007 through 2009 when everyone, it was like everybody wanted to find love in a coffee shop. You wanted to have on your like, <laughs> yeah, your yeah. fake <laughs> glasses and your, like, yeah. your hat. It was like a very, like it was like everybody wanted to be kind of hipster cool. And so music was in this yeah. like middle, this is when like um, Daniel Powder and the Bad Day song and like you're beautiful. It was like a lot of yeah, yeah. interchangeable scraggly haired dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like it was funny. Is is like for all the the other songs that we're going to talk about. Like this is like solely out of my wheelhouse. Like I mean, I appreciate R and B, you know, like like, but like it's something I go like out looking for, you know, like and uh, or just like like music like that. This time I wanted to hear like you know like angry dudes rhyming intense words and you know like it's like i was like a lot of hardcore metal like uh like 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 different than metal like hardcore like uh it's kind of like not not important but basically it was a lot of metal a lot of rap and uh and fucking that was just kind of my thing i wasn't seeking out softer more insightful music it's just like i appreciated it but it wasn't like coming my way like like as far as like what i wouldn't look for and so like at the time like i was like you know i was still like living pretty kind of a crazier life. I, I, lived, I lived back home. I was still kind of like involved with a bunch of knuckleheads. And like, I was like living in this fourplex apartment on a pretty shitty street. And like, 
you know, again, uh, Lindsay is the girl's name. We were like going to going to Texas State. Like, heard she was getting her life started, and like I heard this song, and like we were like she was going there, and she, we were still together technically, but she'd only be back on the weekends. Like the distance was growing, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's one weekend where it was just like she came over to my house, and like we were sitting there, and like uh, I just like wasn't there really. And so I played that song, and. I will say it had the intended it had the intended effect. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, like I, as to, to, to paraphrase or to quote the song, uh, uh, "Girl, I know this is going nowhere, but one last time, let's go there." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you just, just um, the just, way you just said that was just like like the way Paolo <laughs> sings it, and you guys should you'll definitely listen to it on the playlist, y'all. He just gives it a nice subtlety, a sweetness. You're just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, last time. <laughs> <laughs> I just put it on, and it was just like we just kind of sat there and, like, and let and let Paolo play play the tune, and uh, yeah, it was a uh, great job, Paolo. <laughs> I kind of love that. I think that's really, I think that's really sweet. And sometimes these young relationships, they do have a natural end, and it sounds like you guys yeah, ended yeah. on good terms. It was, it was. Well, we, what we did was I, I went to, I went to Connecticut for a family reunion. Uh, and like, I was sitting there getting drunk with my Matown, uh, uh, my aunt, we're French, we say Matown. But, uh, so like I was sitting there with Matown, we were getting drunk and I was like, man, I gotta get the hell out of Texas. And she was like, I just started doing like, just started doing open mics. And like, I was like, I, it's something I wanted. Cause I was doing the band and like, that was coming towards an end too. Like, just like everything was kind of ending. And I was like, man, I need to get, uh, I need to get out of Texas. And my, my Matown just goes like, fucking move here. I work for AT&T. I'll get you a job at the, one of the, the stores in the mall. You know, you can make a little bit of money and just come up here and do comedy. And I was like, all right, bet. So I went back down to clean. I fucking packed my shit up. I, I had six weeks before I was going to leave. And then me and this, uh, this, this girl I was seeing for five years, did the completely emotionally responsible thing where we, we got back together for the final six weeks. <laughs> Just because, what are feelings, right? Like, like those don't exist. And it just like it made my arrival in Connecticut just awful. I'm getting up there, and it's like I'm kind of new. It's cool, but it's like it's also not like a cool Hatman spot. Like I'm meeting new people, but it's not like it's I don't know San Marcos, Texas, Texas State University, you know, where she's at. So like we're like having very like d- different levels of success and acclimating to our new environments. And I'm like calling her more than she's calling me. And yeah, it was just the dumbest thing that I could have done. But it was just like, oh, for six weeks, I was going to hang out with her until I leave. Not at all thinking that would have any emotional impact on me whatsoever. And so, yeah, I should have just, I should have just took Paolo's advice or Paolo's advice and just went there one last time and uh, probably would have saved myself a lot of heartache, but I didn't listen to Mr. Nutini. <laughs> probably because his name sounds silly. Might be. I don't know. It does. It does look like if yeah. he, Nutini's yeah. Nutella. A yeah, special yeah, Italian roast blend yeah. brought to you by Goldfinger yeah. Apollo Nutini. I just think Polly Nutella. Ah, Polly Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like that's like yeah. My, the oh most, God! The, the, I hope he's doing well and he's not like having to perform in like casinos. I just, I just imagining I, you coming up to him all out of breath, like man. The the most delicious mobster, some might say. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> oh man! So um. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's the songs that bookend my my first relationship is uh, physical and uh, uh, last request. 
And then, beautiful. It really is you know, beautiful. Thank you, thank I mean, you. <laughs> those are the kind of relationships that have to happen to shape you as an adult. And like, you have to figure yeah. out shit that way. You know, it's just some yeah. people, some people just have to go through hell to know it's hot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been working on a bit lately where I, like the idea is like they, they say like when you you know tell if you let a kid touch a hot stove, like they'll be like, oh, it's hot. They won't do it again. And I'm like, I don't know. I was just the kid that had to touch it three or four more times. Like, yep, definitely hot. Definitely <laughs> hot. And that just like carries out throughout my adult life. I'm like, maybe it won't be hot. It's like, nope, it's still hot. It's still hot. <laughs> One of these days it won't be hot. You know? <laughs> uh, Pat Sroy's hard-headed as shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, man. Wildly stubborn. Oh, man. So, yeah, that's, uh, that, that, that's, that's that one. All right. So, um, so that's number four. And you're, I'm not, I'm ranking them. I'm not ranking them. I'm just writing them down later so we can put them on our playlist. Um, tell me gotcha, about another gotcha. one. Tell me about another musical moment. All right, so this. now we want to get into the ones like, as you know, like I, I am a, uh, I'm a rapper. I, 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 for years, that's what I thought I was going to do with my life. I thought I was going to be a rapper. Just a rapper, and not a comic, I, like just a straight rapper. Straight up before this is before I, I was in, a, I was in a metal band and I was also, uh, equally delusional that that uh, people were going to just vibe out on all screaming vocals one day, <laughs> and, uh, and like, but like, but was really where like, like I liked the band because it was fun and I liked the music we were making, but like, what like just like my 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 heartbeat, my passion is I love rap music. Like I, I ever since I was a kid, I got into it and like I like I guess this this could be a uh, a two parter actually uh, a two part song would be. Um, well, no, no, no. I'll stick, I'll stick on one. Sorry, I mean, so basically, I loved rap music. I, I love just like like I grew up listening to a lot of West Coast shit because I grew up in El Paso for four or five years, and also in the ninety early nineties, like that's what was listened to is West Coast music, especially yeah. in El Paso. And so, like you know, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Warren G was my favorite rapper of all time when I was a kid. Uh, loved like like had every one of his cassettes, like even had you know like would bought the Bad Boys soundtrack because Warren G had a song on there, you know, like, and then uh. Was just really into it, and then, but like I, I didn't like, and then I also liked rapping myself. So I would like write, you know, I write my little my little notebooks and stuff. And I don't know, I remember listening to stuff and not really knowing exactly what to talk about, like, and because I, I, like, we didn't know, like, my parents, my parents were in the military, so we weren't like rich, we weren't broke, you know, what I'm saying like I had like you know I had healthcare and shit, like, <laughs> so I really quite like I didn't quite know what I was gonna write a song about. We lived in like some hood ass areas because my dad's cheap, but like that's about like as far as it went, and like, but like I was like you know like what's I don't, I didn't really have anything to talk about. And then I heard, I guess we'll just go with the first song that he came out with was My Name Is by Eminem. Like, and I am a, I, I, I'm an Eminem apologist. I'm completely understanding of, of the, uh, of everything wrong that he's ever said. And just also how like cliche it is that I would like Eminem as a white rapper. And I will even stand by and say that he had a three album run there where the dip in quality was very noticeable. I will also spend the next 45 minutes telling you that Kamikaze music be murdered by were returned to form. <laughs> but anyways, uh, but yeah, when I first heard my name is, and then subsequently the slim shady LP that like, flip my head upside down. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could be like super funny and morbid and sick and just like and at the time I'm like, I'm like 12 or 13 so I'm already like starting to gravitate towards music musicians that like 
you know, flash the middle finger in their fucking press photos for some reason. Like, like I just like, if it was like abrasive and rude, I was like, yeah, like I was eating it up. I, I, I liked Limp Biscuit. I liked a lot of new metal, rat metal. Like I was just like, like something like I found Eminem and I was like, whoa, hold the fucking phone. I was like, what is happening right now? And I just were hearing hey, it and being like- Representation matters. Dirtbag representation yeah. <laughs> matters. You were like, I feel yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so. That's so funny you say that because I, I'm not lying to you. On my father's grave, my first rap name was Dirtbag. <laughs> Dead serious. Dead serious. I was like, I'm Dirtbag. Dirtbag, like, just, just Dirtbag. Just Dirtbag. And then later it just turned into PZ because that's what people actually called me. So, <laughs> but- <laughs> But yeah, Did like you want I, people so like, to be I, like, "What's that dirt bag on the street?" <laughs> yeah, at the time, like I did, and like at, at the time, like I was like, at this point, my parents had split up, and so we had moved like over the tracks, like I said, like literally and metaphorically, like, and I lived in like, I lived in a neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? I was definitely one of the, like the few white kids there, and there was like, you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of just a lot of poverty, a lot of drug use, a lot of just like motherfuckers sitting on their porch all day and fights popping off. It was just, I was in a, like in an environment that reflected that kind of thing anyways and so i remember like i was starting to like freestyle with kids like from my neighborhood like i used to skate so like, i wasn't like part of the, the crowd that like freestyled around the, the lunch tables but i lived in the same neighborhood as them and we started to become more familiar with each other just by seeing each other after school and stuff and then like this kid steve king was like dog we got to get you we got to take you to the table man because like i had these like wild offbeat Eminem knockoff rhymes that were just like I'll rip the spinal cord out your fucking back and beat you with it kind of shit and like and it was I didn't I know how to ride a beat uh, but they just like I don't know they, they thought it was like at least an oddity so I started getting called over to the table to like freestyle and like battle people and like but yeah like and I just were like it was like uh it was just dirt they would call me dirt bag they were like yo it was a dirt bag and like it's just you know that as much as that sticks when you're a kid and like uh that was my thing. But yeah, it was like, that's what got me into like, oh, you can like do all these like funny, wild things like with a verse and like use these crazy, you know, these, these crazy like uh, adjectives and similes and metaphors and like it just say all sorts of bonkers shit. And like it, it really stuck with me. It really, it, it really like changed. And then like, I, as I got older, I started to learn like what like, um, you know, like, like, like how, you know, how to write a beat, how to do things. But yeah, Eminem, man, that, that my name is, blew me out the water because he's just saying, like, you would never seen anything like that in rap before. It was like, he's on drugs, his mom's on drugs, he doesn't love his mom. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> that was a, 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 he hates a fucking, her. He has really intense, dark yeah. fantasies about yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was like, you know, that was a little wild too. And like, it was just funny because, like, I never, yeah, again, I never heard that. Just the stuff like, so the first song got me, and that was funny. Oh, this is kind of a side note. My mom does not drink at all, but one night her and my neighbor got drunk, and uh, my mom, like, had like come over to the house. So my neighbor had to help her in, and my mom came in and she saw me and went, Hi, my name is Pat's mom. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom for the win. That is so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi, my name is. Pat's mom. <laughs> and then she, and she I love cringe moms. I love moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. being like, this is what the kids are saying. Yeah, this is what he's saying. Yeah. But like, also the Eminem thing, like, definitely was like the seed of a, a it caused a lot of like, like friction between me and my mom. That's not that necessarily the Eminem thing, was because she would find, I would start writing these, these lyrics and she would read them and she was like, what the fuck is this? Like, she was like, not on board. Because it was like, you know, stuff like, uh, you know, like, um, 
you know, I, I want your front lawn. I got chainsaws drawn, shit like that. Just like I was like super, like I was trying to say, say shocking shit, and she was not on board with that. That caused a lot of friction, and so like, but yeah, but like where then I learned to like kind of like to more like, and it kind of got me into like comedy writing too, because also if you the first Eminem album was like at the end of the day still really funny too, at least like a thirteen year old boy, you know, like where he's like prank, he's like prank calling some dude as a gay dude, <laughs> like it was it was it was proto come town, like it was, <laughs> and so like yeah, that 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 did a lot for me, like and uh, kind of like set me. Into, like the thing of like wanting to make my own rap music and like learn how to write and learn how to you know assemble lyrics and bars so that I, I would say was definitely a big one that is so cool it's interesting to see like because I'm, I'm a firm believer that not everything is for everybody like I will fight people all day about my love of Beyonce and I find that in particular straight men are just like I don't get it like yeah. they'll, <laughs> they'll say other things like they'll try to like discredit her merit as an artist and stuff but at their core they just don't get it and I have to be like it's not for yeah. you and I think Eminem yeah. is just not for me but I can like yeah. recognize oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that he's talented obviously and like yeah. made a huge impact and you know I, would we have Peasy without Eminem who knows you know like not, not, the, not the Peasy that we know not the Peasy <laughs> like, that we know we'd still have Dirtbag what would we do <laughs> yeah you say well no you would have Dirtbag you would have like because later as I'll get into like with uh, my my my, my further song uh later would be like uh I, I started listening to more like texas rap and like it's just more like like southern shit that like that's where I, that's when i learned how to like ride a beat and that's where i learned how to like talk you know talk a little more slick as opposed to just a little crazy and that's why i started working with like actual other rappers and like trying to make songs that people would actually digest and go oh that's cool and i was able to like take those two styles and kind of like merge them kind of and like come up with something that was like a little like unique and fresh on both perspectives That's like interesting about well, Eminem is in my lifetime i don't think i've ever danced to an Eminem song i can't remember like he's yeah, no, yeah. like, it's not it's not for that it's not to be yeah, no, not it's not it, it's it's for something else entirely he i mean he really <laughs> he made rap white in a good way, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was like, he, yeah, he wasn't out there like trying to like like nail dance moves and shit. Like he just was like, and I've kind of respected him as, as times have gone on because he's had a million opportunities to like, I don't know, he could have like sold out. He really still just makes, you know, he stays in, he stays in hiding and releases an album, you know, out of nowhere. And then it's like, oh, here's the shit. It's all like, like you, you have the whole thing with the criticism of him now, like, oh, the hood doesn't listen to Eminem. And like that's that's true. Like, 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 like dope boys aren't bumping M at the trap house. But like as a dude who spent a lot of time in trap houses uh around dope boys, they were excited to hear a new Eminem song once. I consider it like do, do you know who Buckethead is? Uh Buckethead is a is a like a guitar virtuoso who was like a member of like Red Hot Chili Peppers for a while. Who wears like, an actual bucket six. on his head? He wears a KFC bucket on his head and a face mask, like a Jabberwockies kind of face mask. Yes. So you never, you never see what he looks like, and he is arguably technically proficient as one of like probably one of the best guitarists of all time. Like he just like is knows that can play insanely technical stuff, and you hear it and you're like, oh god damn, that's really interesting. You'll hear it, you'll go, oh cool, and then you'll be like, hey, do you want to hear that again? No, thank you. Never again. Do I want to hear that again? Like it has. <laughs> Like it was so cool to watch him do that because I I like other guitar music so to know that one guy is out there making it sound like this really blew my mind for three and a half minutes but now I'm done that was I would say how Eminem shit was in the hood like I would I would show up with like new Eminem shit they'd be like yeah yeah throw that on and like I'd throw it on and it'd be like you know 
uh, all these wild ass lines and similes and metaphors they were like oh shit oh damn man that white boy's crazy and then like it would come out and it never went back in I think things that like that earworm things that like you want to repeat it, it's a little bit more simplistic a little bit yeah, more relatable yeah, yeah. like most of also too like if we just want to talk about like what the hood listens to and particularly what black people listen to and of course like I'm not the aficionado and all things black, but I do know black people like notoriously like their moms. So like you're just yeah, like, yeah, 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 this yeah, white yeah. guy screaming about wanting to murder his mama is like, yeah, yeah, thank you yeah. for sharing your personal <laughs> trauma with us. Uh, cannot <laughs> relate. <laughs> yeah, I, I I will say a, a, a good song that I actually one night got super drunk and sent to my mom at like four in the morning is a later Eminem song called uh, Headlights. Where You're gonna he, say sorry, he, mom. It, I was like, I remember that. One. No, no, no. There's no snare. Yeah, no, it's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that one. He was still mad. It was like oh, he was like, I'm sorry, closet. mom. That's what that was called. Yeah, yeah clean up my closet. Yeah, but this one later on is a song called uh, called Headlights, and uh, it's essentially like um, his apology to his mom, and like he's asking like saying things like just like you know like yeah you were fucked up but i didn't need to like you know like like he talks about um the song clean up my closet he's like you know uh, I, I i no longer play at shows and i cringe when it's on the radio and like he's like how it's just it's out of his catalog and he feels fucked up and the the video is a super tearjerker because it's shot from like first person perspective of his mom and it's just like her waking up lighting a cigarette like pouring a cup of vodka she turns on the tv he's on it and she's just like flipping it and then it's her trying to drive to his house and like the guard stopping her and being like, yo, you can't come in. And like, it's just him. And he's like asking questions like, you know, like, well, one thing I never asked was where the fuck my deadbeat dad was. It's just kind of like coming to grips and like how like our house was like Vietnam and there really was no reason for it to be like that. And like, you know, we should, you, you think that would make us close, but we're always at each other's throats, always got to have each other's goats. And like, that was definitely me and my mom's relationship. And so like, I, I just got, like my dad was there, but he didn't live there, you know, like, so at the end of the day, I could come home fucked up or drunk or whatever and she could be like ah you're bad we would just turn to an argument whereas my dad would have been like yo what's what's happening he would have laid me out you know like it would have been like you don't do this shit and maybe a different behavior would have came out of it but it was just me and my mom and i was growing older and i was just show up and be like she's like you know i found this in your room and one time she found a scale and a quarter pound of weed and she goes what's this she was like what's uh it was like one of those old school potion scales and she was like what's this? I was like, that's a postage scale. She goes, what are you using for? I said, weighing postage. And she slapped me. <laughs> it was a deliberate lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you like, it was cock, yeah. Yeah, you it was cocky. Convince like, your mother I, that you you were a postal worker. Like, like <laughs> no, 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 no. I like, I it was definitely me being like, you know, like it was, it was smug. Like she should have slapped me because I was just like, "What are you using for?" I said, "Weighing." It's it's next to the weed. You know, like, and like I don't ship letters. You know, like I don't do anything. Like, I just said weighing postage. All like, uh, like looking around for like, for like my non-existent audience to be like, "Ooh," <laughs> and she just laid a slap right across my face. I blame the like, Eminem show. Funny. You started to think yeah, that yeah. you were so clever, and the world needed yeah, to yeah. Be yeah yeah exactly i thought it was so slick so yes yeah, so i ended up getting drunk like not too far in the past it was like two years ago uh i just like was shit housed at my house and i uh i didn't have a phone charger uh i left my phone charger somewhere so i had to go charge my phone in my car so i was just like just like so my, my alarm would go off so i get up for work the next morning and i was just like just out of it in my car and like that song came on and i was just like let's do it i was just like in tears and i said it to my mom and she like didn't get like the the nuance she's like 
so you hate me? I was like, no, no. <laughs> but it was cool. It was, it was still, it was, it was still fun. So yeah. So that's, uh, I would say, uh, my name is would be the entry on that. And then, uh, again, the closed loop would be, uh, headlights. By <laughs> I think that's wonderful. So we've got, we've got your relation, your first romantic relationship. We've got your relationship with your mother. Look at all this I'm learning. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm writing down, like, I'm just like giving like your psychological evaluations. I'm like illusions of grand, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, invented a character <laughs> named Buckethead. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely made up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh no but i think that's wonderful and it's funny too because that little pocket i feel like there was this little thing where like being mad at your parents was like hot like it was it, it was a thing to sell yeah you know yeah, what I mean? yeah yeah, I, I yeah. Think will smith tried it with parents don't understand They're like yeah but he doesn't sound like he wants them dead and we were like yeah let's yeah, do it better yeah, yeah. and so eminem came out <laughs> the gate with it but like if you remember too the pop stars had like mom and dad issues like christina aguilera um yeah, you know yeah. fighter was about her dad and then there was uh but then later on sorry for blaming you which was like yeah uh, yeah yeah exact which is funny because i don't know i think and i have mixed feelings about eminem i feel like he has women problems for real um oh, oh certainly <laughs> this bullshit woman i don't dude even if you fucked her if you have to beg people to believe you just drop it it don't matter yeah 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 I, I I always think think about that. Like I'll go back and like I remember when I, when I first heard like the like the the warning the Mariah Carey does. I was like I, mean, I still think it's funny. It's like technically proficient, but it is kind of like damn. You just like went on and on about that, and like um, yeah yeah. There's cer there's certainly problems with the dude's music. I, I'll be the first. As I said, like I, I'm, I'm an eminent apologist, but I understand what I'm apologizing for. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting about him is he like he was this like edge lord who was like ev everyone else in the industry is pop and garbage, but I'm real. And so like yeah, all yeah. the people like before like pre the beef with Ja Rule and stuff like that. Yeah. Before that, it was like his targets were like other white pop people, and a yeah, lot of his yeah. criticism was so sexist because it was like you're gay and you sucked it. No, I don't. Me and Elton John are cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, I mean, he navigated. Um, his superstar, I think, very consistent with uh, a 22-year-old from, like, uh, the hood who had zero worldly exposure whatsoever until he was just, like, you know, thrust into the spotlight. And then, like, there was nobody telling him, like, hey, you probably shouldn't act like that. Like, it was just, yeah. And he just went on some ways, yeah. And, like, I remember, like, like getting older and, like, having to, like, unlearn, not to say this from Eminem, but just a lot of stuff that I learned, learned, quote-unquote, in rap music. Like, a lot of stuff about, like, I don't know, like male image. And like, I used to think it was like, like I used to get a kick out of like lines that were like, like a half of Swisha House, which like, I'm going to get Swisha House here in a second. <laughs> half of Swisha House is about like, uh, like, like, I don't spend money on women. That's like a quarter of like rap songs that is just like, how I will never, ever put $1 towards a woman's happiness. And that makes <laughs> me <laughs> an amazing person. And I used to think like, I was like, yeah, they got, those guys got that figured out <laughs> the real downfall love, oh life. my god this is literally the logic of poor republicans because it's just like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> see how jeff bezos doesn't pay his employees i who doesn't yeah 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 would also yeah. Not pay them if i had none yeah so yeah just a dude refusing to pay yeah. for a 20 dollar movie ticket because yeah, yeah people, people get yeah <laughs> people get surprised rappers jump ship and go support donald trump but if you really get down to the nuts and bolts of like the hip-hop mantra it 
it, it, it's very easily to plug and play some Trumpism in there. Cause there's a lot of like, I'm really a big thing in Texas. You probably saw on like huge five XL t-shirts all the time with you don't work, you don't eat, you don't grind, you don't shine. Yeah. It's like, like the, the, that, that, that work ethos, which isn't bad. I mean, I, I, I consider myself working class and you got it, but there's like this, you could easily take that and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't work, you don't eat, you don't grind, you don't shine. You know, well, what about those, those guys who are uh, coming over here trying to start their lives? They're not grinding or working or eating, even though they are. And like, but you know, it's, it, you can plug and play with the hip hop, like work mantra and like the um, traditional family roles that are pretty like, spoken to. Like there's a lot of plug and play for some Republican ideals to really get in there. And that's why like, I'm not surprised at all with like- Machismo, you know, machismo, yeah, but, yeah, machismo. And, it goes hand in yeah. hand. Like, I mean- And then, and then you, it usually happens with rappers. Like it's never up and coming rappers that support. It's always like established dudes. It's like, yeah, if I was rich for 20 years, you know, saying like, 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 you know, it just compl- like, like Little Wade's been wealthy since he was 15. Like he's been shielded from like really any kind of reality whatsoever. So like, I could definitely see him doing a 60 minutes interview and being like, "No, racism's dead," because everyone's nice to me all the time, <laughs> which he did, which he did say in a, in, a, in a 60 minutes interview. He was like, "They're like, do you think racism exists?" He's like, and I mean, he was like, "Nah," because look, that guy filming with that camera, he's white, so. Like, <laughs> it was like, it was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, you, you, you've, you've made over a half million dollars a year at the very least for your entire life. Look, like, if black like, people want to stop having problems, they too can become millionaires. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you try. You can buy your way out of racism. Wick- I don't know if you guys know that yeah. they sell it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's called it's called the fucking Morgan Freeman kit, and you just like you put the earring in. And you're just like, <laughs> Not the single dude, earring. Oh my god, dude! I I have had so many of my homeboys from back home that are like like they're all like the kids I used to skateboard with, and now they're all like libertarian dads. And they like I, you've probably seen my Facebook. It's fucking cesspool. Oh my god, I love and, it. Um, I love it. Yeah, Mom, yeah. you are my fa- when I talk about how I love seeing white people fight with other white people on Facebook. It's you. It's, <laughs> it's <just> like you. <laughs> yeah, because like they they bug me because I'm just like, dude, I I left clean with like a dis- at least a distilled version of a lot of those views. Not necessarily on on race. I was always kind of lucky with that because I, I was just I, I was always around a lot of non-white communities like I, I thought that was I took that for granted I thought everybody had that until I left Colleen and realized that sometimes I'd be the only white guy in the conversation that had anything more than anecdotal evidence or relationships or you know, like anything more than like secondhand information about people of color like I was like oh you got oh you guys just don't know okay but like yeah. I, I left with like definitely some like ideas about like I don't know just social structure and things like that when I left Colleen and then like I had to learn about stuff and actually and like see real life and meet a trans person to be like oh my Chaz Bono jokes were mean you know <laughs> like and like and I just and that was a real thing that, that I was like I moved to Austin and was like talking some shit about Chaz Bono on Facebook and me and Cass like now co-host got into it and I just like I listened and I was like oh oh okay and then I met yeah I met people I had life experience sometimes I'll get a little frustrated with people back home because I'm like they're talking all this shit. And it's like, dude, yeah, but you guys, you guys still live in clean, dog. Like you haven't left. Like, and, and like so I said that because so- it's like, well, one, I want to commend you for having a Chaz Bono joke because, like, man, I mean, you, <laughs> like you got in on the tip of like you got it like yeah. like you got in on like and, the new wave of trans jokes. Like, yeah, you know I mean? in retrospect, I, I say joke, and that is a little uh that's a little uh repairing my history. In retrospect, it wasn't a joke, it was just like, yo, Chaz Bono's not a dude, and <laughs> there was no punchline. Um, it was like, it, it was just like, like I, I, I try to say something funny to the extent of like, 
I tried to make a joke or something, but like at the end of the day, like I, it wasn't a joke. I would ever do it on open mic or anything. I was just talking shit on the internet. And and that's the thing. Um, it's like when a, a marginalized group is is a, like a an abstract idea to you. Like when you've yeah. never heard of it or seen it up, like you're just like, what is? Are those people who you know what I mean? And it's it's interesting yeah, how yeah, people will argue with you, and they've never met anyone different than them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly like why. Like I I thought I was like. I thought I could, for a while there, I thought I could get away with, like, or I thought that my views had merit. I was like, because, like, oh, well, like, you know, I grew up with, uh, I guess, like, a racially unique, like, upbringing. Like I said, I was, like, the only white dude around a lot of black guys. And, like, I, so I, I thought, again, just, like, in, in, like, your young arrogance, I was like, oh, so that means my opinion on everything else is valid because, like, I, I kind of understand, you know, like, and, like, I'd be like, so, you know, I remember, like, I, arguing in like 2007 with my friend's girlfriend like they there was like way back in the day they 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 voted on gay marriage in texas and like it didn't pass obviously and i remember like being like well you know i mean i don't have a problem with gay people but that's the vote the vote passed so that's the vote and i remember like making that argument with my friend's girlfriend and her being like why should a vote decide what two people get to do with their lives and i was like oh it's a vote it's a vote like i, just, like, I had no <laughs> argument i was like i mean we we voted we said they couldn't get married like What's the big deal? <laughs> like, I just, I thought that made sense. And like, I had to like really get out of there and change my perspective. And oh, the whole reason I brought that up though was that my homeboy sent me this thing about, it was an interview with Morgan Freeman where he was saying racism is dead. And I was like, yeah, man. I was like, but have you thought that maybe Morgan Freeman doesn't have like your, 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 your just your everyday experience of a person of color? Like, just cause he's been, uh, wealthy and beloved for four decades. And like, I will credit to my homeboy Justin. He was like, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. And I was like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so I think it's it's really frustrating because I like, you know, I'm I have black I have old black parents and my dad will yeah. say things like, well, if they would just pull up their pants, like, oh my God. I went back and forth with my daddy so many times this summer because he was like, Why are they yeah. protesting at night? That's where they're getting it wrong. Once the lights go, once the street lights come on, the police can do what they want to you. I'm just saying, organize. Yeah. Oh, that's the problem with your generation. Y'all won't get up at 8 a.m. anymore. We we were marching yeah, at 8 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Every right to come get you if you're out when the streetlights come out. Like they're your grandma. You know what I mean? Like when people need to like just like everything in life can evolve, so can prejudice. Prejudice, racism, those yeah. things can evolve. The experience can become different. So like, no, it's yeah. not like legalized state. Well, in some ways it is. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Things can be more nuanced now. It doesn't mean they're still not a problem. So that's a whole other yeah. conversation. But I love talking to you and I don't want this podcast to go super long. So yeah, 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 yeah. Last two songs in. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll get a thing. So the next one is going to be um, a song called uh, In Love With My Money by Paul Wall Chameleonaire. Yeah! Um, yeah, yeah. That is that... Man, that... Because that was like... I, I started... I was listening to a lot of Texas rap, but I, I when I first, like... When I was like rapping, when I was like in early high school, and I was like, you know, to go to like the freestyle circles and shit. Like, I thought like a lot of like Swisher House shit that I was hearing was like, it was like a lot of it was not screwed. I remember thinking like, like I liked like lyrics. And so I was like, man, they're all they're just like, oh, truck, I don't give a fuck, uh, nuts. You know, like I was like, this, 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 shit, ain't, this shit ain't tight. Like, they're, not, they're not like bending eight syllables around one word. And I was like, that's not that cool. And like, and it was like chopped and screwed. So it sounded like a, just a little bit like slow, like mentally almost. And I was like, man, I didn't really dig it. And then I heard, I started hearing Chameleonaire on like on like these mixtapes, and I was like, "Whoa, hold on, this guy has bars," you know, like just shit, you know, like uh, I, like like 
I got old people making mean faces, parking horizontal, hogging all the handicap spaces. And I was like, what? It's just shit like, <laughs> yeah, yeah just, the handicap. I'm kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, well, this is right up my alley. I hate those guys. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, just like little like slick bars, like, you know, like, um, you know, like uh, Cribs, Cribs, I got most spots and Dalmatians and polka dots. It just shit like, I was like, okay, I like this. Clever. Yeah. And then I started, I then I heard uh, it's the second track off of uh um get your mind correct which is like the the one and only paul wall chameleon air collab album um yeah so i got uh i, I started i heard this just like the the lyrics on that and it was just like it was southern it was slick it was like it sounded cool it wasn't like it rode the beat and the lyrics were just like so like clever and witty and it like and it talked about stuff like you know shoes and rims and stuff that i, I maybe thought was like less like intellectual fair but I was getting a little older and I was like, you know, kind of coming out of that little asshole thing when you're 14 or 15, we were like anti everything. And I was like, oh yeah, you yeah, know, that's actually tight. Like I actually do now I enjoy music where it's talking about, you know, aspirational rim dreams. <laughs> and, uh, and like, and so I was still in high school because it was like 2002 that came out. And so like, I was just listening and I was like, damn, it was all these like new ways to ride the beat and do these little like slick punchlines. I feel that like, kind of give like a musical foundation for where rap is now because mm -hmm. like like rap rap now is all just super derivative of like the early 2000s southern explosion you know what I'm saying like like a lot of stuff like most I, this is my opinion people can fight me about it but i would say that a lot the backbone of like the modern sound of rap is from that southern takeover in the early 2000s and it's like so there's a couple of these like little slick bars that were just like real quick and like you know like not like we're like an Eminem bar might be like clever because it's like Yo, I like I I did I I did all these crazy like weird things like I'll I'll fucking like uh you know I'll burn your house around you and collapse the foundation around you and they found you like stuff like that and I was like oh that's cool that's funny that's clever but here's the things where they were just doing it succinctly in one line you know like you know uh you know I'm thinking if the rims get any bigger under the coop then I'm gonna have to jump out the coop with a parachute screw all whims on my lawnmower I don't need to be fast my slow up my rims will keep trimming the grass this is like it was like little quick slick punchlines that rode the beat and that was when i started was now like really making my own music and that like heavily influenced and like got my sound of something that i was like you know that i can go back and look at and i'm less embarrassed about because it's like i wasn't just like trying to do this like crazy insane character it was like you know stuff about like just little slick things like if you're talking all this then i'll hit you like that and this and that it just shaped where i went musically after that was from like my introduction through that album and that I love too about like about that Houston rap section too is like it's made to be played in a car. I love music that is thought yes. out of what you're going yeah. to do with it. Yeah. Like where are you gonna be when you listen to this? And like I feel like yeah. Eminem was for your headphones when you're just like, fuck you, I'm not yeah. into a casserole again. <laughs> <laughs> and th this was like you got your first car, you think you're the shit, like whatever yep. it is. It's yep. a feeling, it's a it takes you back yeah. to a time, you know? But um, Bumping it through the uh, the, bumping it through the tape deck adapter in my first car, which was a '97 Ford Escort station wagon. Gotta love those I adapters, it, man. They were like, yeah, days. yeah. As I as I call my first car, '97 Ford Escort station wagon, aka the Padillac Soroyskalade. <laughs> Not a Padillac. <laughs> yeah, that was, the pa that was the Padillac. I had to call it the Padillac because all the dudes on my block started calling it the Paddy Wagon when I first started driving it, and I was like, Paddy Wagon doesn't sound cool. And I was like. Padillac, though. <laughs> the Padillac, the Royce Gallade, baby. Yeah. I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Chameleon Air is a very, holds a very special uh, place in my heart, man. Um, Ryan yeah, Dirty. Oh, I'm a big, yeah, big, oh, dude, yeah, just 
to such a big millionaire family. Like that was like, like of artists that have like I of, art, of rap artists careers that I have like an emotional connection to. Uh, it's definitely um, like millionaires on that list. Like. Briefly, yeah. can we talk uh, on Paul Wall? Because I, I don't mean to just be like, what are your thoughts on white rappers? But I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, Paul no, Wall is I, someone who's kind of disappeared. What, what were your thoughts on Paul Wall? Yeah. How do you feel about his career now? I loved Paul Wall. I mean, he's definitely not doing like now. Chameleonaire is a is a is a venture capitalist um, in in, uh, in Silicon Valley. Pardon me, I burped in the mic. I'm so sorry. Ah. He's a, uh, a he's a venture capitalist out in like uh, San Francisco and he or the like Silicon Valley. And he's like, you know, has like a $30 million net worth. I don't, I'm sure Paul Wall still has money, but he ain't got it like Cam does. And it's just kind of funny because like they definitely had their beef. Um, and like Paul, like Paul was always like a little more embraced by the streets. Like even like, I remember like when Paul Wall and Chameleonaire first came out uh, and like, and you heard them and their voices were all screwed up. So you really couldn't tell. Like everybody was like, yeah, these guys are, one of these guys is white. And for the like, and I, and I read about this in an interview. Like, a chameleonaire was like, "Yeah, everybody would meet us, and they thought that that Paul Wall was black and I was white." It's because, like, you know, he was like doing like punchlines, talking more about like like politics. It was a little angrier. Like Paul, like Paul Wall was just like about having fun and shit. And Cam was like a little more like had that little vengeful kind of like Eminem spirit to him, you know. <laughs> and uh, so he said there was always a mistake. So I liked Paul Wall. Paul Wall was definitely more like later projects like when they when they did solo projects like if you're hanging out at like if you're hanging out at like a dope boy's car you're gonna hear some more solo paul wall than you hear solo chameleonaire yeah like it's like he he just resonated more with the hood i think well also and, it's, um, it's more um uh, ambient it's, it's it's better background noise y- y- yeah yeah exactly like like I, I tend to gravitate towards songs that like um i, I tend to gravitate towards songs that like are, are lyric heavy like i i just got recently got a john prine he's like a, a country artist who just died of covid and i realized that he was one of like I, I now realize that he's one of the greatest fucking songwriters of all time and just was like slick and funny with his words and that's music that i gravitate towards so like paul wall had some stingers you know he had his whole like i could still catch boppers line like he could like he would set himself up in ridiculous positions and say that he could still catch boppers even in that position boppers of course being loose women and he'd say things like <laughs> I was he, like, are we going to explain boppers to yeah, 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 yeah. It's funny. It's like, who's going to know? And it's such a specific, yeah. it's not, even, it's not just black people. It's like, it's, it's, yeah. it's people of a very specific age and time. Like yeah. we haven't said boppers yeah, yeah. in a minute. <laughs> boppers. Yeah. Boppers. Like, oh man. Like I remember like in high school, like girls getting into fights. Cause like, yeah, Jessica hit her. Cause she said she was a bopper. <laughs> Can you imagine being a teacher and being like, I don't know, man. I confiscated yeah. that bop yeah. in sixth grade. And now they're still fighting over it. Like you're just so confused. <laughs> About why the kids yeah. are that. Yeah. When it comes to that bop it, they need to skip it, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> skip it, turn it, twist it, pull it, let it go, guys. It, All right, that is the past. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, love that. Love that. I actually, a uh, fun fact, I saw Paul Wall at a 18 and up club, and it was like my first experience in the club. Oh, shit. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, this is what every club is like. It's all full of rappers that I love. Uh, <laughs> oh, what a time. time. Okay, that's a fantastic yeah. one. All right, I guess you you didn't uh, rank these as far as, like, most important, but just, like, different things. No, no. This, this next one, though, I will say is... Um, is is up there this one is uh it's, it's another houston rapper uh but this this one just got me through this one got me through some hard times is uh uh doobie ashtray by devin the dude i was familiar with devin, devin the dude devin the dude is just one of the greatest rappers ever he he's like one of these rappers like you hear rappers be like oh this guy's real man like this, this is a real ass rapper you're like well what's 
you know, what's real about him? Like, well, he raps about selling dope and having guns. And it's like, yeah, if he ever did that, he definitely still doesn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like, Devin, the dude, his, his thing, he talks about, Drinking weird, drinking beer, having sex, and smoking weed, and he does it in such an elevated, artistic way. That like, well, I mean, he has songs that are like that. He has songs that are just about, but he's like just the funnest rapper, and he has like this really like kind of like almost like precocious, like childlike voice, but he has bars to him too. And he has a song called Doobie Ashtray, and it's about like, like what are you gonna do when the fun stops? Like, what are you gonna do when the party's over? And like, and you know, and the, the chorus is. What are you gonna do when the people go home and you want to smoke weed, but the reefer's all gone? If somebody had the nerve to take the herb out the doobie ashtray, why they do me that way? Uh, what you gonna do when your friends go home and you want to drink a beer, but your ends are all gone? If somebody had the nerve to take the herb about the doobie ashtray, why they do me that way? And it just gets into like the things of like, yeah, like the, the fun. Like he's like, uh, he's like, you know. You probably don't don't have I, a lot surface, of money. It sounds like it's just about someone stealing your joint, but like you, you're like, yeah, no, yeah, this, yeah, is yeah, yeah. this is more. This is more. This is the existential crisis of what happens when yeah, you merge yeah. into adulthood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, it's like. Do you lights. always feel this way about this song, or are you feeling yes. like it now as an adult? With no, no. Retrospect. It, well, because the the verses itself get into like, and, and, the, and the mood of the song, the mood is very like somber and sad, and it's like, and he's singing. He's he's actually got a good singing voice too. And so it's, it's definitely got an emotional sound to it. So you get that there's like a little more to it that he's like, you know, like what you go, like, like one of the, 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 the opening lyrics is like, um, you probably, uh, what if, what'd you do if you, if your phone got shut off, your gas got disconnected and the gal that you had that was helping to step the fuck off. She took the kids, the dogs and the kitty and every, and, uh, everyone knows you're at a low. They feel pity. It was really fucked up is now you're just normal. No more shows, no more hoes. Can't go to the close or no more shows. No more hoes, no more clothes, can't go to the show because it's formal. And you wonder, why, 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 why? And you never took the time to ask yourself, what you going to do when the... It's like, it's like about like everything being like over, like the fun has stopped. It's like, you went, uh, what if you had, you probably don't have a lot of money, but what you, if you did, wouldn't you find it funny if you lent it and you spent it and you didn't invest or put it in the bank so it could gain some interest? You just went and got the biggest car you could find in a couple months. Just like it, so your friends can yeah. see us at this point. Like, you, oh, okay. like <laughs> you, we're well over yeah. second, seven seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. But yeah, it's that's that's basically the, the like the thing. And like, it was like, I re- I, I started, I, I, already knew about the song but i started listening to it after my first breakup and i was like and i was just like damn and like and it's like yeah it's just like anybody who parties or gets down or has done a little too much drugs in their life or done a little too much something or just had a a night end when you didn't want it to like you get that you understand that feeling of like damn it's all over with like and there's nothing you know I just threw a party for these people and somebody took the fucking weed out of my ashtray and so it's like now i'm just at the house by myself with nothing to think about except the decisions that got me here, you know, and, uh, and, and how you deal with it moving forward, you know, it kind of determines, I guess, who you are or what the next phase of your life is going to be like. And that one had a big, a big impact on me because I ended up moving to Connecticut and starting my comedy career, uh, you know, where, where you go to do that. <laughs> Your trajectory is so funny to me too because I'm like, why would you go to Connecticut and then not New York after Connecticut? You were like, Austin. That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought about going to New York. I had some money stacked. I could have gone anywhere. And like, I just didn't have, I'm, I'm glad though that I did because my first three years were in Connecticut, which is like a lot of like, it was pre-woke America, 
you know, like the Hartford, Connecticut, there's a lot of like a lot of the comics that I was like following and going up with were like, yo, bada bing, my dick in my nuts. Hey, you know, there's a lot of that. <laughs> and I'm glad that I came to Austin and like, if I would have gone to, to New York, I probably would have just like evaporated. Like it was just like, but like I came to Austin and like learned like, oh, how to like, how to be funny out of my wheelhouse and how to play the crowds that might bristle back if I'm like, Hey, what's the next Pope was black? You guys ever thought about that? <laughs> just like, <laughs> like I needed to go somewhere first that wasn't New York where somebody was like, hey, don't tell that joke. <laughs> like, I like that. You know, I like that a lot. I, you, I mean, Austin is a really amazing scene for that very reason. This is such yeah. an interesting, I wasn't expecting most of these songs. These, uh, the, This is a oh, very yeah. interesting, like, uh, a lineup, you know what I mean? It's going to be a weird vibe-wise. <laughs> if someone were to play this playlist, they'd be like, the fuck? Because we just switched <laughs> from Palomitini to Eminem, but we did it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you switch gears real hard there in the middle, but this is an interesting lineup. Devin, the dude I have a tumultuous relationship with because I've never actually listened to him because I dated a wannabe Houston rapper um, yeah. for a little bit. And he would always talk about how great Devin the Dude was. And I was like, I don't care. I don't want to hear anything. Yeah, yeah. shit. And I remember being yeah, so yeah. tired of chopped and screwed stuff. And I was like, why is it slowed down? And just, it's funny, like I told you, in the beginning of a relationship, whatever you like, I like. And then once I don't yeah, like yeah. you, I don't like your shit. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Devin, I feel Devin like I need to re revisit more yeah. Houston rap and like you know see what I was missing out on because of spite. Because I feel like there's some yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's some, there's some good stuff out there. I would say, um, Devin, 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 the dude, his his shit has like a lot of just like artistic merit. Like oh, and if you listen to that Doobie Ashtray song, play it all the way to the end, and there is like. Because it's a very, it's a pretty depressing song, but there's at the end, there's like this, he has this little, he makes a little discovery and it, and it, it's just so, it's so very funny. And he's just like, it, it really lifts up the spirit of the song right at the end. And uh, he has like, he has a lot of comic timing, that guy. So make sure you listen all the way to the end because it'll warm your heart. I love that it's storytelling. So our yeah. next section of the show, and this is actually going to conclude us for the evening. Now that you've given us some songs that have shaped your life, we're going to help someone out in need. So uh, just to summarize what was brought to us by um, the anonymous Petri Dish is he was recently ghosted by... By a lady who told him that he's overqualified to be in a relationship. Be she says that he's great, oh. but he's just too much. Um, yeah. What advice will we give and what song do you think will help get him through this? Um, part of my initial reaction is to laugh because <laughs> it just sounds like some bullshit. No <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, yeah, my last girlfriend broke up with me. She said it was too wide. You know <laughs> It can absolutely be too wide. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I once threw up. Like, I, <laughs> I tried, and I was just like, uh, uh. <laughs> 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 I hope my mama don't listen to this. Like, yeah, right. She yeah, don't know yeah. how to work her iPhone. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Miss Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so overqualified. One, that kind of, it bothers me. To me, it does feel like an excuse to try and inflate their ego when it could be. Yeah. But I will say this, sometimes you're not prepared for the kind of relationship the other person wants and you're feeling overwhelmed. I dated a guy who had kids when I was 24 years old and I was like, I'm not ready to be a stepmom. Like, yeah, and now, yeah. you know, at 31, if I was single and I met someone with a child, I'd be open to it. But like, at that time, I wasn't, sometimes you're just not ready for what's in front of you, but you can't, um, you can't take yeah. it personal when someone else isn't ready, right? 
Yeah, that, that, that means anything. They save you a lot. Of, they save you a lot of trouble. Like, um, I'm in a, I'm in a new relationship right now, and like I'm a I'm pre- like for, I dated a girl with kids for like seven years. It's so like I'm pretty domesticated, so like I've I've been getting some I've been getting some positive feedback about like oh you you did that you took that out you you you, you cleaned that like and. You know, like, but I haven't like yet been anything like oh, I haven't gotten your too good yet. That has that's like, that's never happened actually. So kudos to that guy. But like, I mean, that could that could a really be something that she said to let him down gently, um, or it could possibly be something that like is true. And if if it's true, you dodge the bullet. That's her telling you like, hey man, you're gonna end up heartbroken because you're gonna, I'm gonna. You know, you're gonna cook us an eight course meal one day, and you're gonna be filling up the gravy boat. And I'm gonna stumble in with a cocaine ring around my nose and a new boyfriend, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, sorry, man." Like, you know, like like you you could have very well just dodged that. So, I don't know, man. I would say, if if, if a girl cuts cuts things off completely, it's never gonna be good. But like, you gotta look at it as like, if this girl is willing to cut things off with you, it was never gonna work. You know? Yeah. Like. Yeah, it sucks. It hurts. It's a lot easier said than done. But if like, a chick breaks up with you, just look at the bright side. It's like that chick didn't like you. And what were you going to do? Fucking date a girl that didn't like you for seven years, you idiot? <laughs> I, think or, you know, any- I think this is the kind of situation where you just kind of have to, uh, not to be super cliche here, but I am going to do it. I think you're, Petri dish, I think you need to dust those shoulders off. And we're, uh, I'm going to suggest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the classic 2000 nice. song. Uh, dust your shoulders off by Jay Z, right? 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 Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's uh, dirt, off, dirt off your shoulders. That's what it's called. Dirt, dirt off your shoulders. shoulders. You got to yeah. get that dirt off your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. off the black album. An amazing oh, album. Amazing album. What would you, uh, what would your rec be? I would say, um, uh, simply for the uh, the, the, the one line in it is uh, Big Sean's uh, I don't fuck with you. It's just because he goes, uh, I wake up every day celebrating shit. Why? Because I just dodged a bullet from a crazy chick. <laughs> My favorite line in that song, two things I love about this song. One is how hoarse he gets on the chorus because you can tell he's been up all night crying. I ain't fucking yeah. with you. <laughs> you little stupid ass bitch. Like you can stupid. hear the yeah. yeah, it's like his like his like songwriting like 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 just like breaks with like he's like you stupid ass dumb dumb stupid bitch. Like it's like it's not even like he's like little stupid ass dumb dumb. Like it, it does it's not even clever at a certain point. And like I, I think he's like now I'm meditating. Got me in the Himalayas, and it's like it's no, you're not. <laughs> But you still little stupid ass bitch. I fuck with you. Also, yeah. how fucking sad is it? I just realized that song was written about someone who drowned. Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, like, and now, yeah, now that girl is dead. So I guess no one's fucking with her, Big Sean. I hope you're happy. Oh, full circle moment. Back to me learning about um, Fleetwood Mac because of Glee. Look at that. Look at. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, oh man, um, poor one for Naya Rivera. Uh, she was too yeah, good for yeah, this world. Yeah. She really was. Um, and I ain't fucking with you is a great get over it, move on, yeah, shake it yeah. off, get the dirt oh, off your shoulders. Yeah. Also enough. Although that, that 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 guy I was working for that ruined his company. Uh, uh, he was going through a divorce, and um, Big Sean. It's gonna take a while before he goes to Big Sean again because this just truly broken and horrible person was like. Bro, I'm gonna get over Sylvie so hard, dude. I guess I shouldn't say his wife's name. <laughs> I'm, gonna get over, I'm gonna get over so hard. He's like, you know how I was like, why? He's like, I've been bumping Big Sean. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> and every every day on the way to work, it was like, all right, fucking with you. Which is like all these other like pseudo-inspirational Big Sean songs. Like, shout out to fucking Big Sean, but he's gonna be off the rotation for a little bit because I, I can't dissociate him from my old boss. <laughs> 
So sorry, Big Sean. I'll be back eventually. Oh man, 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 man. I love, I love it so much. These are great songs. This is gonna be a hell of a playlist. Thank you so much for helping me put it together. Now I know hey. with uh, the world on a on a pause hiatus, we can't really necessarily see you live. But if anyone's listening to this podcast and they want to know more about you, about Vanilla Presley, about your podcast, tell us where we can find you. Yeah, you can. Uh, so basically, I I host a uh, a podcast called Lie, Cheat, and Steal. Uh, used to be label mates with Jasmine actually on, on a podcast label, uh, but yeah, it's called, it's called Lie, Cheat, and Steal. It's a true crime podcast, and but it's non murder. We talk about scam artists. The tagline is. Uh, the Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. And about once, twice a month, usually once, we do an, an episode where it's, it's a deep dive. We get a topic, we break it open, and we really like look at you know some scam or some thievery or some kind of weaponized dishonesty. And we also have a Patreon that you can join where we do two more episodes a month. And it's just Which five. Which is not bucks. a scam, not thievery. Yeah, 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 not a scam, not a scam at all. Although the the, the tier the tier is called liars and scammers. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> But yeah, that's the thing. People people like it. Uh, the Patreon's going pretty well. We're making an okay amount of money. Enough people are listening. Uh, like, you know, our, our Discord is popping off. Like, people talk about the, the podcast. And they're like, we're developing a little community. It's pretty cool. And so if you'd like to come and check that out, you know, it's Lie, Cheat, and Steal uh, at LCS Podcast on Twitter. And the Patreon is uh, Lie, Cheat, and Steal Podcast. Um, that being said, I'm also one half of a comedy rap group called Vanilla Presley. Uh, live shows were our big thing, but those aren't happening right now. But you can check out our music at soundcloud.com slash vanilla presley. Uh, easy way to remember that is vanilla ice and Elvis Presley. I'll let you do the math. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's ironically, I before I knew you, I was like, I heard that you were in a rap group with like another white dude. And I said, Oh god. And it was like, it, and then I saw you guys and I was like, oh my God, this is so clever. This is so funny. The joke is not that they're just two white dudes who rap. They actually can rap and they're funny. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you have Thank my you personal seal of approval. Speaking of which, when does that music video um, in come out? When is, when is my stardom release? Um, so we, we had a person shooting that that will go re remain nameless, but their name rhymes with ditch to culture. <laughs> and, uh, and man, we, we wasted a few weeks then, fella. Uh, like there was like like that that music video, like so much of it. He had got he had bought a new camera, was trying this new feature out, and it, like so much of it's unusable. But we salvaged it and we gave it to another video. We just the other day actually got a text that some other video guys getting down to work on it. So I don't know. That was supposed to be out in time for our NBC appearance. So we'd have something new up on the internet for people to watch and it didn't happen. And then the world ended, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, but yeah, we, we're pretty cool, man. People like us, if you like, like, uh, I, I always say it's like, it's music, it's it's funny, but it actually, it's still, it still rides. Like it's still something you can like listen to and it's not gonna be like just grating like, it's like Lonely Island, the joke is that they can't rap. You know, like, you know, like We actually, like, we can rap. It's funny. It's cool. Um, check it out. And when live shows are a thing again, we'll definitely be back out there. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm so excited to have this episode out. Thank you so much for doing it, Pat. Super funny. Yeah, yeah. Always great learning all your business. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go yeah. listen to Clay Aiken. Thanks for coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you guys or, thought this was great, make sure you subscribe uh, to us on Spotify, on iTunes, all the places that I'm hoping to be up. Um, and follow Rhythm and Bay Podcast on Instagram, Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at rhythmandbaypodcast at gmail.com. My name's Jasmine Ellis, as always, uh, keep it rhythmic. I don't have a tagline yet. <laughs> yeah. I don't, have a, it'll, I don't know. It'll, it'll come naturally. It'll uh, come naturally. <laughs> it'll, it'll, come, it'll come out. You guys have been great. Bye.